0: Welcome to the Retro Photo Film Podcast, where we break down 50 years of film and digital photography with a true renaissance man. Grab your favorite darkroom snack. It's time to talk photography with your host, Al Tallin. Hi, this is Al. Welcome to Retro Photo Film Podcast. My students and I had left Wroclaw, Poland, and we're headed to Prague. We left there quite late in the day, and so we were arriving in Prague quite late in the evening, which uh, we had already teletyped ahead and said we would be there late, but it was about 10, 10.30 by the time we got there. We get into the hotel. They had uh, saved our rooms, and they had saved our dinner. This is why some of the students really weren't <laughs> excited about traveling through Europe, because our dinner was sausage, cheese, and bread. A lot of places, that's what we ate but we were running on student salaries and student money. So we ate pretty inexpensively, but this meal had been sitting there since like about six o'clock. So the sausage had kind of curled up <laughs> and the cheese was quite chewy, <laughs> but the bread was still great. It was a little crusty because it had already been sliced and was sitting there. Most of the students didn't even want any of the bread on the meal at all. So for those of us who ate, we devoured as much as we could because we were starving. We were just hungry. On our way up to the rooms, the elevator was not working. So we took the stairs and we're dragging our luggage up the stairs. Actually, just luggage. We each had one bag. On the stairs, there were these guys who had been out having a party and were totally drunk. What they were doing was sitting on the stairs all the way up. There were like eight or nine of them going up to the top floor. But not all of them were together at one place. They were on different stair levels. And what they were doing was screaming the words of Monty Python's Holy Grail back and forth to each other on the stairs. So here we are. We started talking to them, and in between their reciting the Holy Grail, they found out that they were Danes, and they were having this whole conversation from the top floor down to the bottom floor on these stairs. So it was like, wow, okay, fun thing. You couldn't hear it in the room. So we were okay with that. Next morning, when we got up, we headed out to photograph Prague. And we had some meetings with a school. It was a photographic school in Prague. And it was not the underground one. It was one more kind of like, uh, kind of a university level, but not really. And we met with them and exchanged prints and talked with each other quite a bit. And there we met A really cool guy who was one of the student photographers who had documented the fall of communism in Prague. He and a lot of other students kind of were like underground at the time because they could not be noticed about what they were doing. They were photographing the smashing of statues. They were photographing the rallies. They were photographing everything that was happening. And they also produced an underground student newspaper, which they printed on archaic machines and distributed them all over in the daytime. But they could have been arrested for any one of the things that they were doing, the photography, the leaflets, the newspaper, everything that they were doing, they could have been arrested and put in jail for that. But they continued to do this. Now, this young guy had such an incredible portfolio of all of the goings- on and the whole really it documented the whole fall he was quite intrigued with us, so we met with him another day in that time that we met with him. He gave to me his complete portfolio, which later on had been printed into a small book because it was the fall of communism and the rise of Havel. I brought that portfolio back with me to the United States, and it ended up being in about eight or nine universities in art exhibits talking about the fall of communism in Prague. The next thing that we did was to go to Wrensla Square. It says a square, but it really is not a square. Really it is a long boulevard, more than a square. It connects Old Town with New Town and is bordered by the stunning National Museum on the north end and includes the Mystique metro station of the smaller streets of Old Town so it connects one with the other new town with old town and it's a long huge boulevard the photo that you're seeing that goes along with this is a rally that was going on that morning we photographed you could see this long as you look in the distant of the photograph there's a great lot of people at the front with the rally going on and a few hundred people there but as you look down that street that boulevard that whole boulevard at different times was filled with tens of thousands of people and students rallying against the communists. Our young rebel photographer had photographs of this with those tens of thousands of people in that whole square. While we were there, they were just protesting and having a rally for Havel. They were also having another sort of rally, which was just A little bit away from there in a big round circle plot where all of the people who had fallen during the communistic era were represented in that circle. There are flowers. You can look at the post on Instagram on the day that I talked about Prague and you'll see that photograph there. In the picture that you're looking at, you're seeing a few speakers. We're standing on a kind of a statuish piece and there are a few speakers there and then this crowd is around there. There were some shouting and screaming and there were people giving speeches and it was very peaceful, very nice. But they were worked up because of the fact that they wanted Havel to be the next leader of their country. That following night, we got to meet with some of the photo clubs that were in Prague at the time. These clubs we had to meet in secrecy because they did not want anyone to know about them And during the whole time that they were in the communistic rule, they actually did meet in secrecy. They did take their pictures in secrecy. So that's what we did. We met them at a station, and then they took us to one place and then to another place. And we ended up in somebody's basement of a house, and we talked, exchanged photographs, and had a great time with them. But they were very nervous about having this many students from America in this little house. Uh, in this basement actually, it was in the basement of the house. When we left, we actually walked back to our hotel. We were a pretty good-sized group, so nobody bothered us, but we walked back to our hotel and took night photographs of Prague, and it was really kind of fun. It was very nice to be there, and on the streets with nobody around. Nobody was actually around. It was just us, a bunch of stupid Americans. And we weren't accosted by anybody at all, so it was kind of great. The next day, we had been invited to go to a museum And when we got there, we found out that we, our group of students, were being honored for being at this museum. Little did we know, but we were the guests of honor at this museum. And what they had going on there was a music festival, which is kind of, when we say that, it's a very different thing in America what a music festival is. This was a music festival with guys who had made instruments out of junk from a scrapyard. And they were playing all these weird instruments. I mean, it was like crazy stuff. And the sounds were, some were weird and crazy and some were kind of melodic. And it was very, very interesting. But that was a performance put on especially for us. We toured through all the photography section and we had people walking around with us and photographers taking pictures of us. And it was really kind of a real special treat. We had no idea that this is what was happening to us that day. In that afternoon, we did go back and visit with the students at the kind of college, university level and found out how they processed and printed their photography. It was really a very interesting, wonderful program. Photographers worked hand-in-hand with designers and with box makers because what they did was the photographers made the photographs. The designers designed how they would be portrayed, the box makers made the boxes. And so when they ended up, they had this complete beautiful portfolio of all this wonderful work designed and made by three different sections of that kind of college. So the three people, the designer, the photographer, and the box maker, all got to have the exact same portfolio. We thought it was really quite an incredible thing. What was really kind of funny was that when we processed and printed our prints here At the University of Utah, what we did was went through all the chemicals and then when it came out, it went through a wash and after the wash it went into a big round rotary drum that dried all of our prints and then spit them back out and the students could pick them up and work with them. What they had to do there was they had to take, go through the same chemical process, washing and everything, and then they taped them down to a table in order for them to dry in order for them to lie flat because they did not have anything to make them flat, like our big drum dryer actually flattened the prints as it dried them. So they had to take theirs and lay them out on a table, tape them down, and then wait a couple of days for them to dry completely all the way through. We asked the photographers how they got film and how they were able to get it all processed and do everything under the communistic rule. Film was pretty sparse. So it actually came in from Germany. There was also a company there in Czechoslovakia that was making, I think it was FOMO was the name, that was making photographic paper and photographic film. But it was very, very sparse and you it was quite expensive. So there's a lot of bartering and trading and all kinds of favors going on to get a roll of film. So it wasn't like us went down, had a couple of bucks, bought a roll of film or bought a 100-foot roll of film and then put them in cartridges, and got 36 rolls of film out of 100 feet. These poor guys really had to work for that roll of film that they had, so they made every shot count on that roll. Back in film days, we really did anyway, because you had to take everything you needed within 36 frames, or a 24 exposure, or if you're using a Hasselblad 6x6 camera, it was 12 exposures. We were truly humbled and marveled at these young students, same age as my students, that were going about doing all of this and being very brave, but acquiring all of this under those circumstances. I'm not so sure all of my students would have been able to do all of that. As we wrapped up everything in Prague, we headed to Austria. When we got to the border, it was like about a two-hour wait, and we'd been waiting in line, and there were our three vans there. We got up close to the front of the lines, and as we did that, a border guard came up to the lead van, which was mine, said, we need you to pull over all three of your vans to the side. We need to check your paperwork at the office rather than at the gate. So we all pulled over there. I went in and started talking to them, and they were checking over the papers and checking over the papers and talking, and they were nice and and cordial, and they kept checking over the papers. We couldn't figure out, what are they they doing? What's going on? Do we need to bribe them or what? And we were just like, what's going on? One of the... Students that was with me tapped me on the shoulder and says, I think you need to go out and look at the vans. All the soldiers are out there surrounding the vans. And I said, are they, do we need to open them up, have them have a look inside? And they go, no. So we went out there and there was one of my students, a sweet young little thing whose name was, we called her Zipper. And she was laying on top of all the luggage in the back of the window of the van And all she was wearing was her bra and panties because she had been out partying the night before. And so she was hungover. So she was just laying there sleeping in the back of the van. And all these soldiers were (laughs) crowded around to see this sleeping, half-naked girl in the back of this van. And that's why we got pulled over. That's why we got pulled out of line, was so that all the soldiers and the staff could out and come around and have a look at Zipper hanging in the back of the van. Needless to say, we didn't have to pay any money to bribe anybody to get across the border into Austria. Zipper kind of woke up, and as she woke up, they she was waving to them and, and through the window. And The window didn't roll down. It was the back van window. They were all waving back to her, and they finally came out and said, here's your papers, you can go. And we just cruised right on through. <laughs> they were all waving at Zipper in the back, and she was happy, and it was like, So it was a great adventure at the Austrian border. I have to say that out of all the cities that we cruised through during this time and the ones we're going to still continue going through, Prague was one of my favorite cities. I loved the people. I loved the city itself. And Budapest was also incredible. But Prague was just this very special place in my heart. Hey, it's been great talking about Prague. Hope you tune in next time. We're going to talk about going into Vienna in Austria, and then from there to Budapest, which was also an incredible, wonderful and also great excitement going on in Budapest. So tune in next time. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to the Retro Photo Film Podcast. Follow Al on Instagram at Retro Photo Film to see all his latest photos and learn more about the stories behind the photos.